I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, you know what it is. It's The Big Douglas Show. We are streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you'll uh, jump in the comments and tell us what you think. Uh, it is another episode of The Scouting Notebook. And today, live from Mobile, Alabama, we have Josh Taylor. Josh, how are you? What's going on, Jack? I'm going to, you know, not hold it against you with that Georgia hat you got on. It's still fresh wounds being an Alabama fan, but I'm kind of over it by now. It's it's good to, you know, be back in front of some live football, some pads going at it, helmets hitting each other. Uh, but it's been fun down here, man. I know you are a Bama guy, so we went one and one against each other this year. So uh, You got the one that mattered. <laughs> we needed that one real bad. I still had uh, uh, bad memories from the uh, last national championship. So at any rate, uh, yes, I wore this just for you, by the way. Uh, you are down in Mobile for the second year in a row. Well, let's let's start here. Let's do this. Uh, the new podcast, the Draft Takeover. I know you're a big Washington football team guy. You, I think, it's fair to say you're slowly transitioning more into the college yeah, aspect so, of football. Yeah, because that, that's what I want to focus more on to, like career wise, like down the road, like what I want to get into. I've been, you know, doing the scouting academy the last month now, which is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, but just getting into the scouting, evaluating, uh, draft, you know, process in, in the and the media side of it. Um, but you you would love this part of it. So the Draft Takeover is part of the Takeover Sports Network, which is run by Blaine Gilmer, who is a uh, Georgia guy, tr- uh, true and true. You know, he does mm-hmm. a lot of rival stuff with recruiting and stuff like that. Um, we've got guys like Sean Marino who are on as well, Javaris King, and then we have some other guys coming over um, from like Big Ten. So we're expanding out, um, but it's just, you know, been a huge success already so early we've got a couple other things cooking i can't talk about yet i uh, want some other former georgia guys as well but just a lot of big things and uh i'm excited to be part of the uh, draft side of it being able to cover that and like i said uh it's no better time to start than being right here at the senior bowl because they always say the the draft starts in mobile and it absolutely does that's right this is year two for you uh in mobile if i'm right walk us for those of us that don't understand it uh, walk us through the process of getting an invite getting the media credentials to get down there and and you went for a partial part last year right you're down there for the yeah. whole week this year yeah so and people always ask like i've told a lot of people like oh what are you going to alabama for I'm like the senior bowl the people that don't watch football like what's that i'm like it's pretty much like the college football like all, like all-star game you know they don't have like the games and stuff like the pro bowl and stuff like that or like the nba how they have like you know dribbles and like competitions like that um but it's just uh you know there's three practices there's tuesday wednesday and thursday you know like i said unfortunately today's got rained out so we couldn't really go to it um and then of course the game saturday but last year was it was a lot different. It was my first year, so I didn't know what to expect. But I can already tell the difference from this year to last year, just because of COVID and everything. Last year there wasn't as much to do. Um, like I know a couple of my guys that went last year said, you know, they watched practices in the in the stands and stuff like just like we have so far. But there's been a lot more opportunities with like Radio Row. Like I've run into like Greg McElroy, like SEC Network, uh, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport just walking by me like randomly. So there's just a lot of opportunities to talk to players, talk to big media guys this year compared to last year. Um, but honestly, like Jim Nagy said, I think they've given out like 900 different credentials this year, which is phenomenal. Um, and just talking to meeting, you know, new people here, it's people that have started their own thing. It's people that, you know, work for other networks and stuff like that. What's up, Andy? Hope you're holding it down there in the UK. Um, but it's just, it it's amazing because you don't have to be like, part of ESPN to be able to partake in this. So that that's one thing that I've appreciated so far in these two years, just how open Jim Nagy is to letting these people who are, you know, 
grinding just like me in this process, trying to make something out of this. You know, I'm not some big wig official guy with a blue check mark on Twitter yet, but it just like, gives you the opportunity to be around this atmosphere, talk to these players, and just get your name out there more and just network with people, honestly. You fill out an application or you use the takeover pod. How do you get the uh, credential there to get down there? Yeah. So, and, you and does it cost? Just, and does it cost anything, or you just got to take care of yourself while you're down there? You just got to take care of yourself. Which <laughs> some yeah. people like their network pays for everything, but like I pay out of pocket. Just, but it's worth it to me. Like you know, getting the hotel, the flight, the rental car, stuff like that. I, I like I, you couldn't put a price on this. Just the opportunities, like I said, just talking to people. But you honestly, I think the uh, application process starts back in like beginning of December. You just apply, like say who you are, put like your Twitter account handle on there, you know, say like how long you've been doing it and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know anyone that really applied that got denied. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I really appreciate how open Nagy is. Cause like, I mean, this whole takeover sports, it hasn't even been open that long. And I mean, I still got to prove, like I said, I was here last year. So I guess that helps out some, but still, it's not like you have to be a part of NFL network or like PFF or PFN or anything like that to be able to come down here. Now they have, they're like walking the field and have better credentials than us, but still like, I never thought in a million years I'd be, you know, like I said, hanging, hanging out with Ian Rappaport, Todd McShay, stuff like that. These guys that I watch on a daily basis. You were talking a bit about the scouting notebook. Let's take a couple of minutes because I think it's or the scouting notebook, the the scout the, the classes, the yeah. academy. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about what they got you doing, what um, how it helps, and I, I'm fascinated by it by the academy because I, I know that a lot of people use it. Yeah, so it's ran uh, by Dan Hartman, who's been uh, he's a former GM, former scout. I mean, he he was working with you know the, the Giants. He moved around a couple uh, teams. Um, guys like Lewis Riddick are a big part of it as well. Um, and I love Lewis Riddick. That guy needs to be in a front office somewhere. Just you know, I agree. Him talk, hopefully Washington. Um, but he's just he is so good at what he does. But like they take two weeks out, like in the first part before you even jump into like the books, the tapes, and stuff like that, and just break down the process, like how to, you know, go through it, you know, what all, like you, you can take this so many ways. Like for me, I wanted to learn how to properly watch tapes because you just watch a game. There's so much happening. You're like, Oh, this guy's playing good, but it breaks down every single piece of like every single position. So like right now I'm doing wide receivers. Like you have the stance, you have their release, you have their stem, you have their breaking point and that's four parts. And in those four parts, there's like 10 different options. There's different, there's different techniques. There's so much to it that you don't pay attention to like when you're actually watching the game. So they like, they tell you to like take your eyes off the ball, which, you know, that's the one thing that you're usually doing when you're watching a game is like, where's the action going? Who's got it? Right. Who, you know, who's throwing the ball, just take your eyes off the ball, watch like how each player really performs and what separates the good from the bad. Um, Hartman was actually one of the guys that found Victor Cruz and was like, you know, pushing him out. I think he went to like the university of Massachusetts, something like that. Like something like it was, a, really a, small it was a Northern school. school. Yeah. And just, like Fountain is diamond in the rough. He was coaching him up and like was meeting with coaches and stuff. And he was a big reason that like he ended up with the uh, giants and, you know, flourish. So it's just cool to see like these small school guys, but then also like being able to tell the difference and some of these bigger name guys, like why is Patrick Mahomes so good at what he does? Like why did Josh Allen year three break out? Like what changed? So like being able to just dissect each little part of it. Um, it's been a blast. Like I said, I've only been doing it for a little bit with the wide receivers. Um, I think next is like linebackers for me, which we need as well in Washington. So I'm, I'm excited mm -hmm. to uh, dive into that next. When you're interviewing the players, and I've seen a couple of them that you've done so far down there, what are you trying to get? You know, you've got 15, 20 seconds to talk to a guy. Obviously, you know, 
you're trying to get information that, that others probably haven't. But what are you what are you thinking about when there when you're interviewing the players? I mean, at, at first, I'm not gonna lie, I'm nervous. So, like, the first person I ran into, like, getting my credentials was Jordan Reed, who was with the Draft Network. Now he's with ESPN. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shoot. Like, I've had, I had him on my show one time last year. I was like, dang, like, this is Jordan Reed. And then it was the same way with the players. Like, the first person I really ran into was Sam Howell, who was, like, obviously one of my favorite guys. I'm such a big Sam Howell fan. Not even just player-wise, but just the kind of person he is, just the more I talk to him. Um, so I was like, man, like, what do I even ask? Like, I'm going to, like, choke up. I'm going to be nervous. Like, you know, it's my first time, like, talking to these guys. But – after a while, like, you just get the hang of it. But the one thing I've really noticed talking to these guys is how different they really are. Like, you talk to some right. guys, you're like, okay, he kind of says the same thing over and over. Like, no offense. But then you talk to other guys, and they're so sharp. Um, so, like, for me, it, it really just depends on the player. But, like, for Howell and Malik Willis, you know, guys I've been talking to, like, their quarterback coaches and stuff like that, just really, you know, kind of saying what the quarterback coach has been saying. Like, so I heard, like, you know, you've been working on this. Like, what what exactly are y'all doing in those drills? And, you know, Malik was talking about his footwork and stuff like that, going under center, because a lot of guys in college don't play under center because it's a lot easier, you know, running RPOs and stuff like that out of shotgun because you're just keeping your eyes downfield. Um, but then, you know, some other guys like Roger McCreary, he's a smaller guy, but he's a you know phenomenal corner for Auburn. I asked him, like, hey, you know, people talk about your size, what's your, you know, counteract with that? And he's like, man, he said, Everyone's talking about my measurements now, but no one was saying that throughout the season when I'm like locking down John Mechie and all these SEC wide receivers and stuff. So uh, it's just a couple of things I personally just think of on the fly or things that I know is going to be asked by these professional teams. Um, just kind of ask them like how they're handling the process. You know, there's, there's so much going on. You're pretty much like speed dating with 32 NFL teams down here. Just you're meeting with teams nonstop and just, you know, just hearing their mindset with the whole thing. I, I love like being able to tell apart the players, like who loves the game, who's like, you know, going to be like the head case in the league is going to let it all go, like turn into the diva in the league. But you can just tell a lot of these guys just love the game and love this whole process of, Hey, I'm going to be playing in the NFL, but I, I want to get better. I want to make the most out of this, you know, opportunity. They're hanging out with other guys. They're all just, you know, it's like a brotherhood here. It's a competition, but they're all trying to help each other out. So who all have you seen down there from, uh, from Washington, from the Commodores. Now, how do you how do you like the Commodores? Uh, I like it. Um, it obviously took a minute. I think I think like leaking it and stuff actually kind of helped because I was I like, so, okay, it, it's coming. Like this is what it is. Um, you know, obviously I have like some different takes on the uniforms and stuff like that. But for me, like it is what it is. I don't like this team any less than I did because of the name, because of the uniform, because of anything else. The only thing that's ever going to change my opinion on this team is besides Dan Snyder is like performance on the field. Like this, like th that's all that matters to me. You can call us. I told someone the, the Washington butterflies, like if we're in the Super Bowl, I could care less. Yeah. Just, just give us some wins and get us a quarterback. Um, but I saw Scott Turner yesterday. Um, Ken Zampezi was with him yesterday. Uh, quarterback coach. Yep. What is the protocol on talking to those guys while you're down there? I mean, if you run into him, I'm sure you could talk to him, but he was like, he was like strolling. Yeah. <laughs> Scott yeah. Turner, he had his hoodie up. All I saw was Washington and turn. I saw his face, uh, but they're like up in the press box. You know, lucky them, like we're out in the rain. Um, but they're like on the other side of the field. Honestly, they have like their top credentials. But then like Monday, um, Nick Sirianni from the Eagles legit just comes up in the stands and sits like right next to me. Cause there's a group of like Eagles guys there that he knows. I don't know if they do like a podcast or media or what, but um, like Nick Sirianni just sat next to me. I was like, 
get out of here with the Eagles. You know, <laughs> I kind of want to give them a little push, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but it was, I mean, it's crazy because I remember last year, like John Lynch was walking around in the stands and stuff like that. But I feel like if you just if you see somebody, you've just got to go for it. Like you've got to. Yeah. And that's one thing, like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this player. And then, like, four guys come out, like, push you out of the way, and they start, like, interviewing the player. You're like, hey, what the heck? Like, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, you got you to gotta feed yourself. You got to just get out there and at least uh, shoot your shot. Washington picks at 11. Uh, let's get into it. They, uh, until they get a quarterback, it will always be about the quarterback. Now, I find it interesting. I know that they're interested in, in Pickett from Pitt. Uh, there's a hand size issue. People think that's like a funny thing. It's not. The ball gets bigger when you get to the NFL. Uh, I understand he struggled in the rain yesterday. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, he looked pretty good the first day. He, the thing is like, he's fumbling under center. That That's the one thing I'm finding, which okay. like I said, not a lot of people are doing that. I'm sure. I don't know. I didn't watch too many Pittsburgh games yet. I still have to break down his like in season tapes more, but I'm sure at Pittsburgh, he ran much more under center than Malik did than Sam Howell did um, just because they run a different RPO. They, they're they more run heavy than Kenny Pickett is in uh you know quarterback aspect. But yesterday he fumbled twice under center in the rain. Um, and that's with, he has one glove on. He's only throwing with his, uh the glove on his throwing uh-huh. hand. Um, and it's funny because someone asked Malik yesterday, like, would you ever wear a glove throwing? He's like, no, that's weird. He's like, I, I got to feel the whole ball when I'm throwing it. Like that's, that's my whole thing. Like if I, he's like, I've done it like once I like can practice like a wide receiver glove. And he's like, it just doesn't feel the same. Like I don't, I just, it's not my thing. So, I mean, it's, it is interesting. And of course that's the thing people are going to talk about is his hand size. I'm not like too worried about it. The only thing that really worries me is, you know, like strip sacks or stuff like that. Like just ball security, you know, being able to hold on to it when other guys couldn't, but his thumb is like ridiculous. Like I know it's double jointed, but that thing is like, it definitely helps out. Like if he didn't have that, like I right. don't think he would be as good of a quarterback, which is kind of weird to say that his double jointed thumbs helping him out that much, but it's like, it's wild. Like you see his hand and it really does get that control on the ball for him. Um, but I mean, the same thing was said about like Joe Burrow. He had you know, small hands, of course, like Kyler Murray size. People are talking about Sam Howell size and Malik Willis. I mean, they're right at like six foot, barely, you know, six foot and a half. But Sam Howell said yesterday, like you either can play or you can't like, and then uh, Malik Willis said, I'm going to control what I control. I can't control how tall I am, but I can control how I'm throwing that rock. And uh, it's true. Like, I, I just – I think you can nitpick as much, you know, all these little things. But at the end of the day, you can either play or you can't. And I think Kenny Pickett has shown in that one year, like, you can – I understand the critique on the other is, 20 is years. A, but is that a thing for you? I mean, breakout age is a real thing that people are, you know, curious about. Yeah. It took him a while to be what we see now. Does that, does that give you pause? It does. The thing is just for quarterbacks, it's like, it's just consistency. Like what was it in that one season that made him break out? Was it Jordan Addison, you know, Blitnikoff award-winning wide receiver? Was it, you know, the, the offensive scheme that stayed the same? I, they didn't really have any changes through like the four years he was there. So it's just for me, like what made him break out? And is this his ceiling? Like, is this where he just has like tapped out? Cause we know there's more Malik Willis. I, I can firmly say there's more Sam Howell to come. But is this what you're getting in Kenny Pickett? Like, is this just what he's going to be? Or is there that Josh Allen type of a leap when he gets to the league? So it, it, I understand the concerns. He had a phenomenal season. But those those three seasons, I mean, you can say that for any you know position, like wide receiver. Like, if it takes a one crazy year for you to break out as wide receiver, like, why? And people say age, too. Um, 
quarterback, I think it's a little bit easier for age. You know, like you don't want a wide receiver that's like 24, 25 going into the league because that's like near the end for him. But um, right. quarterback-wise, right. like I just – I don't know. I, I think he's the consensus quarterback one. But you can also say he's the safest pick right now. Like if you want someone to start day one, I think Kenny Pickett would be the guy. Uh, Joe Burrow transfers to LSU from Ohio State after getting beat out. You know where I'm going with this. Malik Wayne Haskins Willett. and Malik leaves too. Yep. That's right. Malik, <laughs> some people will say there is a difference because Joe went to LSU and then won a national championship. I mean, that's kind of what Willis is having to deal with this week, right? Yeah. How is he explaining why, if he got beat out by Bo Nix, he didn't at least go somewhere where there'd be high competition level. He ended up going to uh, Liberty. And, and I know some, a lot of that was he freeze, right? But what, how does he explain that? Well, I, I mean, I've talked to him and I talked to his coach, uh, Coach Sean out of Georgia, who's an mm-hmm. awesome dude, by the way, who, side note, he said Dwayne Haskins is the most talented quarterback he's ever worked with, which I told Rio that and he didn't believe me. But he, he really said that. Like, Oh, I, I talked to Quincy Avery last year and he said the same thing. I mean, yeah. that, that, the, the arm talent wasn't the problem with uh, yeah, Dwayne. It's, it's the rest of it. <laughs> but um, no, so I mean, and I said that too. Like I, I talked to Sean, like this is the one thing people keep asking me and keep asking Malik, like why? So I, like just Auburn wise, Jared said he was at Baylor, played a couple of games, looked really good at Baylor. Then he went to Auburn, started out that one year. He beat Georgia and Alabama in the regular season. So of course he's going to start that next, that next year. Um, then they had Bo Nix coming in who, you know, has ties to Auburn. You can talk about politics if you want to. Then you have uh, Joey Gatewood, who's another big time recruit that came in for Auburn. And Malik Wilson is only like a three star recruit um, out of Atlanta, Georgia. So it wasn't like he was this big time like guy who just didn't look good and got beat out. He was just a three star quarterback trying to find his groove and, you know, taking advantage to go somewhere and, and show out. So I don't, you know, blame him leaving. He had to sit out that one year because the rules were what they were at the time. Um, but for Liberty, it was a lot of Hugh Freeze because he is an offensive, you know, minded guy. He was at Ole Miss, tore it up over there, had a lot of really good offenses with some pretty bad quarterbacks um, while he was over there. But then you also have to think like about Liberty, like you know, exactly like religion reasons. Are honestly, one of them. Like people go to Liberty because it is a big time Christian school. Um, you know, they have certain standards there. He doesn't want to go to you know, Radford in Virginia and just party every weekend or like coastal Carolina, like I did, or like, you know, some like party school and just be a college kid. Like he, he takes this serious. Like he, you know, his mindset is sharp. I just like the more I talk to him, I'm like, dude, Malik Willis gets it. Like not just football, but life just talks about, you know, adversity. And he, he was talking about small schools yesterday. He's like, y'all just, you know, pick on us. He's like, at the end of the day, football is football. Like, I don't care who I'm is going to be. Is he going to end up being the first quarterback taken? By the time all yeah, by the time all these camps and drills are done and no, and combines, I, no. I, if if I had to predict, I would say Pickett is first, and I've been saying that I think the Steelers trade up to get Pickett just because Tomlin knows like you can't skip a beat, and he doesn't want to go with Rudolph and Haskins and stuff. I think they trade up, but after practice Monday, Tomlin legit ran across the entire field like full sprint, like suicide, grabbed him and grabbed Malik's parents and like went and talk to him for about 35, 40 minutes after practice. Like, they love Malik Willis. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me if now I kind of switched and saying, hey, if the Steelers trade up for Malik Willis, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, But I just think, like I said, I think Kenny Pickett is the safe day one starter. So I could see him, you know, going to Pittsburgh because, you know, University of Pittsburgh ties. They use a lot of the same facilities and stuff like that. Like, they know Kenny Pickett. Um, 
but then Washington at 11, like you just, you never know. Some guys are saying Kenny Pickett would be the first quarterback taken, but not until like the twenties. I think that's ridiculous. I think there's just too many quarterback needy teams to, for a guy like that, just to fall that far down. Commanders being one of them. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of skill guys out here. You know, you have the Aiden Hutchinson's, you have the Evan Neal's, the Kyle Hamilton's, all the wide receivers, Chris Olave. I can go on. There's a lot of talent that could go in the first round. But I just, I still feel like if you need a quarterback, you just have to lock in your guy that fits your scheme, regardless of what pick it is. There's no such thing as overdrafting a quarterback if it is your future. Not if you hit him right. That's right. Exactly. No, that's right. I hate that. Uh, pick. Well, we don't. We don't need to get one. We can get one in the third. Like it. That's not how. Or it works. <laughs> or the, or the the notion that it's possible to invest too much resource, too many resources into the quarterback position. Like no, that, that's not true. You you would give up a first. I, I I say this all the time. I'd give up a first round pick for Russell Wilson every year that that man takes you to the playoffs because that that's what absolutely that's what it's worth. I mean, there's just no, there's not it enough first round shot. picks. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, if if it wasn't for injury, where does Carson Carson Strong fit in the in the equation? Because I've been told he's got the best arm talent of anybody in the draft. It's just the knees. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean his 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 arms ridiculous. That's the one thing. Like even just on like simple drills. So in the group, it was Kenny Pickett, uh, Desmond Ritter, and then Carson Strong. And you could just tell a difference. Like Pickett throws it, Ritter throws it, and then Strong throws it. And you're like, holy smokes. Like that thing had some smoke behind it. Like he he throws with a purpose, which could sometimes be a bad thing. Like there was a couple times where you just need to touch it and you just, you know, bums one in there and the wide receiver just can't hang on to it. But um, the knee, I don't think it's a problem at all. I'd like the people that I've talked to, um, like Chrissy Ford at Draft, uh, draft network she's like the quarterback whisperer i talked yep. to her yesterday she said her and carson talk all the time you know her and the uh, quarterback coach talk all the time you know she was talking about all of his medical stuff and he's been clear on everything they just said everything looks good and then you see him in practice he's a lot more mobile in the pocket than i i thought he would be like there's guys i mean you've seen what this d-line and, and edge roster looks like for the senior bowl it's ridiculous um and he's able to, to move around in the pocket. He has great pocket awareness. He can step up. I mean, like I've been saying this, and it's not a bad thing. He's like a better-armed Mac Jones in a way. I think Mac Jones had phenomenal pocket awareness at Alabama, and I think he's shown pretty well in New England. But that arm is just different. Like He has no problem with arm strength at all. I think that's going to translate very well in the NFL. Even with his legs, like I would not be you know surprised if he's taken like before Sam Howell or before Ritter or even like Matt Crowell, just because he's a more pro-style quarterback, and some guys like that. Like like I said, Pittsburgh, obviously New England was a team that would like that. Um, there's just a couple different fit that could get him into like the top three, four quarterbacks taken in the draft, honestly. We've been having discussions here on these scouting notebook segments about if it's not quarterback at 11, uh, and assuming they have the number one pick, that they haven't traded it all for quarterback, which I think they'll try to do, Um Nakobe Dean at 11 makes a lot of sense to me. I've had a lot of guys tell me you can't take off-ball linebacker that high. Your thoughts? I would hate it <laughs> because – and I, I like Nakobe Dean. I think his mm-hmm. range is insane. Um, and we ran a lot of two linebackers, you know, for Washington last year. We only used three linebackers less than 7% last year on defense, so, which is very underwhelming for a base defense. Um, but with the whole, like, Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis thing, like, I feel like those have to be the two guys on the field. Like Ron came out and said, 
they're both outside linebacker guys. That's what concerned me right away. I'm like, all right, so if they are the two outside linebacker guys, that means we got to be playing more base next year. We have to be doing three linebackers because they said we have to find our Mike linebacker. Um, and, and I think Nicole Dean could be a good Mike linebacker. I think he'll be a phenomenal Will linebacker. Like if we didn't get Jamin Davis, I'd be like, yes, get Nicole Dean, please, because that dude is ruthless. But I, I think you just, you have to go skill position guy here. You, you have to build your offense up. I mean, I'm not going to even just say, like, look at the Bengals with Jamar Chase, all these guys that have taken, like, wide receivers. But, like, honestly, I think we need another big-time playmaking wide receiver, whether it is who's, Chris who's, Olave. Who's the guy at 11, then? <sighs> Traylon Burks. I love him. He's phenomenal. Nathan Coleman, shout out to Nathan, by the way. He's a genius. He sent a tweet that, said, that he found that said, the only wide receivers ever – um, over like six foot four, 220 pounds that could run a four, four, uh, 40 would be Calvin Johnson, DK Metcalf and Traylon Burks could possibly be a third ever. So if he's anything like that, then yes. Have we saw Carter a lot of him in the SEC. He's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. And people are saying and he like, separates. He, that, yeah. That's the difference. Right? A lot of those big guys don't separate. Right. And just contested catches the way he can go get the ball. Like he's just, he's, he's wild. Like he was the Arkansas offense, which is like crazy. Cause you think, you know, guys like Alabama, like in those kind of teams. You have John Mitchell on one side. You have Jameson Williams on the side. You have, you know, these five-star tight ends that can spread the field out. You can't do it with so much. Traylon Burks is, like, getting double-teamed. He's getting all the attention on that offense because they just didn't really have anyone outside of him that could do anything for Arkansas. So I would love him at 11. I would love Chris Olave at 11 because they're home run guys. Obviously, my guy, Jameson Williams. I think he is super raw. I think he has – What did the knee so do much. to his stock – they said it looks really good, like full recovery. And people like are gonna say ACL stuff. Look at like I said, look at Joe Burrow. He came back even better. <laughs> so I think I, I think ACL injuries are like are like normal now. Like Adrian Peterson just ran right through his. I mean, I, I don't think it really hurt his stop. People are saying John Mechie's probably could have hurt a little bit. Um, but they said Jameson Williams, like he uh Williams, he looks phenomenal. Uh, and I, I think that explosiveness is still gonna be there, his cuts, his route running sharp. Um, I think it's going to be, oh man, wide receivers are tough. People say Traylon Burks is the first wide receiver off the board now. Like that's, I've seen that more and more coming up like the last like week. Um, but like Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Right. Where does my guy George Pickens fit in there? Oh man. Pickens is a weird one just because he was out for so long. Right. You get this little bit of a sample like against Alabama. He made that one really good catch on that left mm-hmm. sideline where he went up and got it. Forgot who he was on. Um, but he, he's an interesting guy. I think he's going to be an early second-round guy. I like David Bell a little bit more than Pickens. Yeah, okay. I, li- I like mm-hmm. what David Bell can do. I think like right away, David Bell is one of the more pro-ready guys. I just did a write-up on him. I was watching his tapes. I was like, this, this dude is filthy. Like I know Rondell Moore is a beast, but then this guy was just sitting right behind him ready to go. Rondell Moore is banged up a lot in college. But like David, David Bell might be better than Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is more of like a speed, you know, use him in the run, do in rounds kind of stuff like he does with Arizona. But man, David Bell, if you watch his games, he's just a physical freak. And I just I love everything he does. I wouldn't mind him either. Like if we waited and got someone like the second round for a wide receiver. I was gonna say the receiver class is deep, right? I mean, I feel like we say that every year since it's moved, you know, passing is everything. So receiving yeah. obviously will get a bump, but if they if they go quarterback in round one, there should be plenty of really good options in that second round still, yeah. particularly at 42. Yeah, like I said, Pickens, Bell, if John Mechie falls, um, Jahan Dotson is another freak that could Penn possibly State, right? go. 
Yeah, he was supposed to be here at the senior role. I was so bummed. But there was a lot of guys that opted out like last minute for like injury and medical stuff. Um, but Jahan Dotson was one of them. I'm like, dang, there's just a, there's a ton of wide receivers. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if 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 we do get a quarterback in the offseason, which I honestly hope we don't, because I'm telling you, my gut says Jimmy Garoppolo for a uh, a third round 2023. Appreciate it, Joe. Uh I would, I'd be sick to my stomach, but I know we love Jimmy Garoppolo. We loved yes, Jimmy we Garoppolo last year. My buddy who's with the 49ers is like, dude, that's all I hear about here is how much Washington loves Jimmy G, and it makes me sick to my stomach. Not saying because he's a winner, like he's a good dude, but I just I'm sick of this revolving door yep. of veteran guys. Like, find somebody who is the future. I'm glad you said that because I've heard that a couple times now that they'll swing big for Russell Wilson first. And if for some reason, you know, Deshaun Watson got clean of all of his stuff, he'd be second, which I just can't see happening in time. Well, I'm with you, uh, but people are going to be upset. But they'll, you know, the idea of getting Jimmy Garoppolo for two thirds, I'm sure probably excites the team because then you're not giving up much. But I'm with you. It's not what I want. It's not what the fan base wants. But you're right. I've heard from a lot of people that Jimmy's fairly high up on their. I must say, I can legit show you a text that I got from, from a buddy that said, hey, like I, this was like last July or no, a little bit before training camp. Like, Hey, y'all love Jimmy G. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard anything. I'm like, I believe it. Like we have the connections to Jimmy G in the front office. Like they, they love him. but I just, I'm yep. just, I just want a young guy that can flourish for many years here. Cause if we get Jimmy G and he's going to stay here like what, two, three years, then we're right back in it. You know, obviously all the defensive linemen are contracts are going to be up. You know, obviously we, hopefully we extend Terry, that's going to be at the end of the deal in like three years. I just, just find a guy, just find a young guy like Malik Willis or Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett that can just be here for a long time. Take us to a couple Super Bowls and, you know, win some commander playoffs. That's all, that's all I'm asking for. It's not that bad, right? It's not, it, it, it's not asking seem, too much. Doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Uh, Josh, let's wrap this way. And I appreciate you uh, doing this with me today. Uh, give the, the drafts are one in the middle rounds. I mean, that's just, they don't say that for no reason. Give us some guys we should be watching out for that we probably haven't heard, but that are be available in those middle rounds to really help fill this roster out. Cool. Middle round guys. I'm trying to think. Cause I mean, we still need nickel help. The safeties aren't set. You know I mean? The top two or three safeties would be gone before we're probably around to getting them either. I mean, obviously in the first round or second round, maybe some guys in there, some O-line depth that you like that uh, has stood out so far to you. That's what surprised me with Jordan Battle going back to Alabama because he was like a top two safety. So I think like your guy, Lewis Seen, he moved up a spot. So I don't know how far these safeties would go. I love Seen, by the way. He reminds me of like a faster, scrappy Cam Curl. Like they play a lot. He's really, like, really smart. Yeah, he's very instinctive. He's he's quick to the ball. Um, But this guy, Jalen Petrie, who's been killing it at the Senior Bowl, he's more of that nickel guy. He's not afraid. He compares his game to Buda Baker, Tyron Matthew. I uh, talked to him for a little bit yesterday. Um, he just talked about Dave Aranda's defense at Baylor. Um, he's just that kind of guy that can play anywhere. He's, I don't want to say he's like, a, people are like, oh, no, that's another Landon Collins. Like, no, this dude, he's fast. He's scrappy. I think he'd be, I think if he had to settle into a spot, he could play free safety. Um, he could play strong safety. He said it's one thing he really wanted to show off here. I'm not sure how high he would go yet. I haven't done like too much of like ranking wise for like where I see guys going. But I'm definitely watching for like guard here. Like if we lose Brandon Sheriff, yeah, which who, we are. Yeah, who's gonna step in? I, and like guys like Zion uh, Johnson here from uh, Boston College, he's been phenomenal this week. 
There's been a couple just really good. The thing is, there's a lot of tackles here at the Senior Bowl. I'm like, gosh, the 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 guards have been kind of underwhelming. Uh, your guy Jamari Sawyer from Georgia. I talked to him a lot yesterday. Really smart dude. He's another yes. guy I would love. I don't know how high he would go. I would say I could see him being like a kind of around like the Sadiq Charles kind of range of pick, like that, third, fourth, fourth round pick. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking. Yep. And he said he's he wants to stay at guard, but they've you know been running him at center. They've been running him at tackle. So I would love you know Jamari Sawyer come on over. Georgia showed me a lot of love on Twitter yesterday, so I'm I, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I, like I said, we we need some guard. You know, not just yep. depth, but if we do lose lose sheriff and we draft or we get a big-time quarterback here, we've got to give him some time. And I, I think that would be a huge hole to fill with Sheriff. I like Sheriff. I don't want to pay him that much, so I'm okay letting him go. But at the same time, we can't just put, like, some random guy out there and, uh, and not protect our quarterback. Schweitzer, I suppose, steps oh, I, into the role. Yeah, Schweitzer's phenomenal. And if, you know, a guy like Sawyer is behind him and he's just, you know, getting yes. reps, getting practice, and he just comes a starting guard in the future, beautiful. You Love like it. you like Sadiq Charles? I do. Um, guard. I do. The injury stuff concerns me. Yeah. I just haven't seen him enough at guard. The one game I really saw him a lot in the game, he was either really good or was, there was some really bad. Um, I forgot who we played last year where he played a majority of the snaps. But um, it's just the injury thing kind of concerns me because he had a couple couple injuries. Yeah. One last one uh, on the players. Uh, are you happy with the running back depth and would you be looking at drafting another running back? I'm so glad you told you asked that because I, that that's my hot take that everyone's been like, what? I want another running back. Like, I'm sorry. This is going to like fans are going to hate me for this, but I don't want Jarrett Patterson. Okay. I, I want, I want Antonio Gibson and another a guy behind him. And then I want JD McKissick as like our third down back. Like we used to do with, you know, Chris Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, but the running backs here have looked so good. Like, Tell so me a good. couple. Tyler Batty from Missouri. Oh, They've yeah, been yeah. running routes with him. Insane. Like his, his draft stock is probably soaring right now. Uh, Rashad White from Arizona State. Uh, Damian Pierce from uh, Florida was bodying dudes yesterday. Doing blitz pickup. I mean, just taking care of linebackers, catching – everything i mean they, they've all looked really good but your guy james cook I, every time i do a mock draft he's there like in the third round i'm like man like you saw what he did against michigan catching the ball like can you the nfl's got to be salivating for james cook i've been saying that yeah. for two years now he went he went down to athens and put on almost 20 pounds he's not the little kid that he was when he showed up at athens um he ran through the tackles this year I, it's, it's what the league is moving to is james cook yeah, and I feel like he, I mean, he had a lot of opportunities at Georgia, but I feel like if you just put him as like a second running back behind like an Antonio Gibson, man, I think he could do some damage. I think that would help out Antonio Gibson too, not just the fumbles, but keeping him healthy, keeping his legs fresh. I mean, look at the Browns like with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, I'm not saying do that exactly with we're running the ball like 40 times a game, which they need to do more of because Baker. Um, but like, I'm all for that. And if you have a rookie quarterback, help him out with the run game. And then hopefully we get Curtis Samuel back who can also do some running plays and, you know, line up in the slot with, you know, Chris Olave out wide and Terry on the other side. And then whoever's our quarterback. Like, I feel like that's a great offense. James Cook in the third would be great. I know a lot of people don't want to run it back that early. Nate's one of the guys. I always buck him all the time. Like, you know, running backs matter. He's like, well, they do, but you can't pay him. And I agree. So just draft one. As soon as that's they're right. due for a payment, draft another one. Um, but there's a lot of late, late round guys. I think, uh, the dude out of Florida, like I said, Damian Pierce, I think he could be like a fourth round guy. 
he'd be a beast too. So I'm all for it. Add another running back, help out Gibson, help out the young quarterback if that's the way that we go and uh, spread out that offense. It's crazy to me on the, it's not a Georgia show, I promise, but uh, you know, five, no, six years ago, <laughs> Zamir, Zamir White would have been like a second round type talent. The league has kind of shifted away from what he does a little bit. Where do you see him getting drafted? I mean, is he a sixth or seventh round guy? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's wild, right? Because I mean, he was the number one kid coming out of college. I know he had the ACLs, but the uh, yeah, and that's fixed though. But he's not going to be like a early round draft pick. No, I mean, I think Cook would definitely go before him just because of what he right. does. You know, not just because right. of his last name. Like I said, being able to catch the ball like he does. I feel like for Georgia, was it just a case of just too many running backs? I mean, the guys behind them were even way better. Like all the five stars y'all got. There's two of them. I forgot who it was. Um, but the guys coming up are even better than, than Cook and White. Um, but, yeah, I see him being like a late-round guy. Yeah. Just like you said, his game's not really what the league is right now. But, but I feel like y- you can really translate it to – like it depends on the team, like whatever team he goes to. I feel like with James Cook, just his you know versatility, because I, I didn't know he could run routes and catch uh, balls like that when he played Michigan. I was like, yep, yeah. that, that's all the tape I need to see to see that he's going to translate to the next level well. So that's what I'm saying. Like if, if he's running wheel routes and stuff like that, catching deep passes, like that, that that's what you need in the NFL. Josh, thanks, man. This was great. It took too yeah, long. Man. We won't take this long for it next time we get you on. Man, I can go another uh, hour. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the folks uh, about the podcast one more time and uh, when the next episode and all those things. Yep. So first off, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Taylor CFB for college football. Uh, but yeah, the draft takeover podcast did the first episode yesterday with Donovan White, who was a uh, offensive lineman at the university of Miami, Ohio, who got some guys balling here. He won a Mac championship there. Um, and he's taken over the big 10 podcast. He's got a big guest coming on that uh, we'll announce soon. Uh, and like I said, no Sean Marino, Tavares King, Blaine Gilmore running the SEC. So we're expanding out and doing, you know, college football, by their division, but then also we're doing more of, uh, you know, baseball, college basketball, betting stuff. So we're not just sticking to football. So we have everything that you're looking for. So regardless, uh, it's, I guarantee you it's coming out shortly. So like I said, if you're a big 12 guy, we've got a big 12 podcast launching soon too. Um, that's takeover, uh, sports podcast. So like I said, check that out on Twitter as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've always got content popping out. Um, some news coming out soon, so uh, stay tuned. And I'll uh, be putting out another episode probably Sunday after the game, just breaking down what I've seen, who uh, really stood out and who looked good at the game. Josh, you're the best, man. Have a safe trip home. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.